what is love, who and who is God, because God is love. And so we looked at how an egg is simply an egg, right? But there is the egg yolk, the egg white, and the egg shell, right? There's three parts of the egg, but we know it's the egg. It's just either the shell of the egg or the yolk of the egg. And then we talked about how God is God. He's a single being, but there's three parts to him and how he interacts with us, right? There is God the Father, the Son of God, and then the Holy Spirit of God. And so we were talking about that. And, and if you missed that, you can find it on podcasts. You can find the audio. If you go to our website, you kind of get directed to different places, depending on how you like to um, go over stuff, right? You can watch the videos on Facebook Live or on YouTube. We really try to put that out there because sometimes, I know for me, um, especially if I hear a really good message and I'm like, oh, wow, God's got that for me, I need to listen to it again and again, right? So you can go back and refresh, and if you've got questions like, well, I get Jesus, but who, why, what's the Father, right? So you can go back and listen to that one about the Father and about the Son and the Holy Spirit. And we ended with the Holy Spirit, and we talked about how he's a gift, how he's promised. We saw the promises of the Holy Spirit coming in Isaiah and in the book of Joel, how the Holy Spirit would be poured out upon all flesh, men and women, in the last days. And we see how when Jesus came, he repeatedly said, I must go so the Holy Spirit can come, and this is a gift. And so we, we ended there in the book of Acts, seeing how the Holy Spirit fell upon them. They were speaking in tongues. There were miracles that were happening. And then, and then we kind of ended there, right? And we're kind of like, okay, well, that's really cool. But how do we apply that to our lives today? Would anybody like to apply that gift that God has for us to our life today? It's kind of like when you give grandma an iPhone and you say, can do all these amazing things, and all she does is play solitaire on it and answer the phone occasionally, right? And you're like, grandma, I can send you pictures. Did you get the pictures I sent you? Oh, I don't know, honey. It beeps all the time, but I don't know how to look at them, right? And you're like, Grandma, I gave you this great gift. You can see the grandchildren growing up. And what do you have to do? You have to teach Grandma, right? You have to go over there, and you have to show her again and again. My mom was down in Florida the last, you know, probably 10, 15 years of her life. So she was down in Florida during the winter months. And she, I'd call and check on her almost every day during the week, and I'd call and check, what are you doing today? Oh, I got to go down to that Verizon store. I got, I got to ask them a question, and I just thought, oh, those poor guys, I wish I could send them flowers. Like, which Verizon store is she going to, right? Because I felt bad because I thought, we all have questions sometime. Now, you know, when you're in church and you're in a Bible study and you're with a pastor, we want to answer those questions because we love you and we, we get excited. But, you know, if you're a 21-year-old Verizon guy, you know, and the same lady's coming with the same questions, that might be a little different, but... You know, we want to answer those questions. We want to actually help you understand what does it mean to have that Holy Spirit come in. So I want to continue a little bit on the Holy Spirit before we get into talking about the Last Supper and Palm Sunday and, and the Good Friday, and that's going to be towards the end of the month. By the way, I, we didn't announce it, but I want you to be remember, remind yourself that on Good Friday, we are having a 1 o'clock service. I think the sign outside says 1230, so we're going to have to change that this week. Maybe Ashley can help remind me to have Matt change the sign. I realized I told him the wrong time, but our Good Friday service is at 1 o'clock, and we are having a take-home meal 
to take home with you. So if you know of anyone in your neighborhood that would like to come, maybe, maybe, they, maybe they don't come to church on Sundays, but they want to celebrate Good Friday, they want to celebrate Easter, it might be a good time to introduce them um, to, a, to a loving place. So don't forget about that. So we ended up talking about the Holy Spirit. So what are some of the benefits to learning and taking the time to learn about the Holy Spirit and how to apply them to your life? Well, we see here in Galatians, and I'm going to start in chapter, verse 22. Uh, chapter 5, verse 22, if we could start there. Sorry, Jossie, I, don't, I know I'm going to kind of jump around here, but in verse 22 it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now, let's just pause there for a minute. Gentleness and self-control, don't, I mean, that's, that's amazing. Isn't that a wonderful gift from God? Isn't, I mean, you know, you kind of, you give gifts to people, something that they, you know they either need more of or they don't have, don't you? I mean, I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't give my husband, you know, a, a, a vehicle right now. Why? Because he's got a vehicle, right? Like, I wouldn't give, give something to somebody that I know they already have. But boy, you know, if I know you need something, I might give you that, or I know you need more of it. So God's looking down on us, and he's like, you know what y'all need? Y'all need to learn how to love. Y'all need some peace. Y'all need some patience. Y'all need some self-control. So I'm going to give you that. Why? Because we need more of it, don't we? I need it. I don't know about you, but I need it. And then I have to ask myself, why is it that even though God's promised us these things and he gives them to us, sometimes that's not what is foremost in our life, is it? Sometimes we're so filled with the other stuff that it feels like I have no room for that. I don't know about you. Let's, let's think about the spring that we're all excited about. You know, we're all from Michigan when we spend this much time on a Sunday morning and talk about spring is here. Well, you know, when I think about spring and summer in my backyard, I think about this nice patio furniture I got last year for Mother's Day. I really wanted it, and, and I had asked for it, and I had looked in, looked, you know, look in the catalogs. I looked online, let's be honest. I looked online, and I searched and searched until I found exactly what I wanted, told my husband. The kids all went in together, and that's what I got for Mother's Day. Well, it's not out right now, right, because you put it away in the winter. And I'd really like to get it out. The other day, the sun was shining. It was like 50. And I'm thinking, oh, I can go sit in the sun. I mean, you really know you're from Michigan when you want to go sit in the sun when it's 50. But you know what? Even though I had been given good gifts, even though I have them in the storage and they're ready to be used, I couldn't use them. Because the season I had just gone through with owning two doggies left a little... What do I call it, right? What do y'all, y'all know what I'm just, some doggy duty was on the patio. Now, normally the dogs know well enough and know to not go on the patio, but when it's covered in two foot of snow and my one dog's only this big, guess what? And the wind is blowing. He just goes two steps out and he goes potty and he gets back in the house, right? And at that point when it's like zero degrees out and it's windy and you're out in the cornfields and you know you don't want the dog going in the house, you're like, good boy, Right? But then all of a sudden when the snow melts and it's 50 degrees and you want to go enjoy the good things that have been given to you, 
sometimes there's a little poop you got to deal with, isn't there? I mean, seriously. So, like, I had to, like, say to my son, who, that's his job, honey, can you go clear off the patio at the very least? Now, we aren't even talking about the backyard. Five months, right? Two dogs. One of them's a puppy, which if you had a puppy, you know they're eating all day. They got to poop more than once. They're out there a lot. Now, I know this is funny, but I want us to really think about our lives. In our lives, we do have good stuff. Gifts have been given to us from God. And we come to church, right, and we're told, operate in faith, operate in peace, operate in joy. But then you go home, and stuff happens, and you're not operating in peace, right? And sometimes it's from the good things in your life, right? Maybe it's in a relationship. Like, I love my dogs, but part of my having a dog in my life means there's going to be doggy poopy. Now, if I clean it up and I don't step in it, I don't track it in the house, it's no big deal. But if I don't take care of it, what happens? It begins to smell. It gets stepped in. It gets tracked into the house. It gets made a mess, right? This is why I have to clean up after the dogs. So you all may have good things in your life, but if you don't clean up after them, they might produce a mess. You might have relationships. You might go to work, and the work gives you a paycheck, and you love that. But you might have to deal with a cranky boss once in a while, right? And that might produce some anger in your heart or some frustration. And if you don't deal with that frustration, it becomes a bigger and bigger mess, doesn't it? You might have a neighbor that is the sweetest thing ever, right? Oh, I've got a neighbor right here. She's the sweetest thing ever, right? But you know what? Sometimes in relationships, you know, maybe things don't work out the way you want. And you've got to just say, I love them. I forgive them. And I, I, that was a bad example because there's nothing I have going on with Linda right now. But you all know what I mean, right? Like, let's talk about if you're in an apartment and maybe they're great, but maybe they smoke cigarettes and you get so irritated by the smoke of the cigarettes, right? Can you let go of the bad feelings about that and enjoy the good part of your relationship and your friendship? What about your spouses? Isn't there times where you're like frustrated and you're upset because of all of this, but there's all this other good stuff? So what is the bad stuff that piles up? Well, if we back up now in that, those verses that I was telling her about, and we go actually to verses 19 in this passage, and we'll go back to the beginning, go through the whole thing, but let's look at it. It says, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, or orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, he's just talking about all the doggy poopy that piles up in our life from the experiences we have, right? You can't tell me that you've never had friends and not felt envious, right? Have you ever had to sit around the dinner table at Thanksgiving and hear your sister-in-law talk about their vacation to Hawaii, right? And not think like, oh, I wish I could have went to Hawaii, right? Like, or, oh, I wish I had a new car right now, or, oh, I wish I had a job like he's got a job. That's I mean, envy is right there next to witchcraft, right? Like, all sin is the same. Like, we all struggle with something. And, but envy is right there. Fits of rage. I mean, Wesley should get up here and tattle on me. Wesley, do you want to tattle on me or should I tattle on me? I'll tattle on me. 
So this morning I get up, I'm like, oh, it's Sunday. I'm going to share the Lord's word to all of you. I'm praying. I'm, I, I'm holier than thou, right? Yeah, right. I get up and I want to go get dressed. I want to go do this and that. And all of a sudden my daughter Claudia says, you promised you'd make me a smoothie. You know, you were going to show me how to make a smoothie. Now in my mind... My mind, when I had said that to her the day before, I thought Monday morning when they're getting ready for the bus because I have to get up and help them. I wanted to say to her, it's Sunday morning, I'm working. Like, I've already prayed. Like, no, don't talk to me, right? But that, that's not life. I'm a mom. I thought, no, how am I going to get up here and say, let's walk in the Holy Spirit. Let's walk in love and gentleness when I won't even make my own daughter breakfast on a Sunday morning. That's not, right? So I get up and I go into the kitchen and she hands me the almond milk because I said I need almond milk and her frozen berries and I'm trying to show her how to make them. And I open up the container and it's brand new. Like the, the little thing hasn't been popped yet. You guys all know what I mean. And I said, honey, there's one in there that's open. She said, no, I lifted them all up. They all feel the same weight, which is a great way of doing it. But I knew I had opened a brand new one up the night before. So I thought, I'm not going to argue with her. I open up the fridge. I put that one back. I try to grab the other one. There's this big two liter of pop that has like this much pop in it that has been sitting there for the last few days. And the way our shelves are, you can't stand it upright. So it's laying down. And I may or may not have asked my son multiple times the last few days to throw it away, like either drink it or throw it away. But like, I can't have it laying there. And we had just got the day before a brand new big tub of chip dip that for whatever reason, somebody put right on the edge of the shelf. So as uh, you can all see what's going on, right? So as I put in the new soy milk and grab the one that I know is open and I pull it out, this big two liter knocks the thing down, everything's falling. And of course, when you have those plastic chip dips and they smash and hit the ground, it like, it, it blew up right? And there was chip dip all over the, thankfully Todd wasn't home, so he was gone. He's, he's just now hearing about this. Now, can you guess which of these I need to repent for? Um, fits of rage. That probably will work. Now, I didn't hit anybody. I didn't scream too loud. I was just like, I was so irritated. I was like, I told you to put that pop thing away, blah, 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 blah. And I'm yelling at Wes. Now, Wesley's not even in the room. He's not even part of this. <laughs> Wesley, you know, Claudia and I are making a fruit smoothie, and I'm screaming at him, who's on the other side, about the stupid pop. Now, who's I should have just picked it up and threw it away, right? Like, like the reality is this is relationship, It's kind of like, I love this dog, but he's going to have poop sometimes, right? I love my kids, and guess what? Poop's going to happen sometimes, isn't it? Like, it just is. Like, you're going to drop things. You're going to get chip dip all over your floor. Should I scream at my kid who's not even in the room about because I'm mad that now we have to clean up the chip dip? No. But what was interesting is I recognized it in that moment. I stopped. And I thought, I'm going to tell you all that we need to operate in the fruits of the Spirit. And of course, God would let this happen today, right? Because I had just reviewed all the scriptures that fits of rage is something that, you know, if you do this, you're never going to inherit the kingdom of God. 
well, Mary, I'm not going to make the list because I do some of these things. Well, guess what? That's why we need Jesus, right? None of us are going to inherit the kingdom of God because we all do some of those things. That's why you need Jesus. When we believe in Jesus, he cleanses us. So I'm going to make it to heaven even though I had a fit of rage, right? Because he forgives me. He cleanses me. He knows. What is my point? Here's my point. We need to learn how to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit love, peace, joy, self-control, while living in a world where there is doggy duty all over and we need to look where we step, right? Because we are going to have relationships. You can't live life and not have moments like the chip dip getting all over the floor. How you react to that chip dip is a direct connection, right? to our maturity and understanding those fruits in our life. See, that's the key. I love how verse 22, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Starts off with love. You see that? How it's, the fruit of the Spirit is love. Then it lists all the rest. Joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Then it goes on to gentleness. I want you to see this. And self-control. So what I want to point out is that he starts off this list with love and then he ends it with self-control. See, those are the two bookends for all the other fruit in your life, right? And when we're in the midst of a fit of rage or when we're in the midst of envy or when we're in the midst of hatred or when we're in the midst of selfish ambition or, or drunkenness or or jealousy, or idolatry, or witchcraft, or impurity, or immorality, when you're in the midst of that struggle, you need to ask yourself two questions. Say, okay, number one, I know I'm being tempted. I know this situation is just part of living life, and I've just been tempted to react in this way, right? Maybe, I've, maybe, I, maybe somebody's been flirting with me, right, and, and I'm tempted to do a sexual thing. Or maybe I have been invited to a party, and all of a sudden they start drinking, and they know I haven't been drinking in six months, and now all of a sudden I'm being tempted, right? You need to ask yourself, which one of those fruits do I need to apply to my life right here in this moment? Because most of the way we react to people, we need that love. We need to start off with that love. And then all the rest follow suit, right? The kindness, the gentleness, the patience. But most of the time when I'm dealing with myself and a sin that's going to just affect me, it's that self-control I need. I love how it's not others' control, right? I mean, some of us probably wish we had that gift. Wouldn't that be? We always talk about the, the superheroes. I always thought, you know, the superhero that I always thought, like, the gift would be the best, the person that could just lay their hand on you and, like, make you do whatever they say. I think there's a few of them like that, like in the X-Men or something, right, where they could just lay their hand and make them, they're like, you know, go walk forever, he says to the one guy at the end of the Wolverine movie or whatever, and the guy just starts walking forever, right? But we don't, this not godly, <laughs> that, right? I'm not saying that's not godly. That's fiction. That's fantasy. But others' control is not what we've been given to God. That's what causes the fits of rage. That's the sin I was entrapped in in that moment. I was mad that I told him to do something and he didn't do it, right? That I, if, if he would have only listened to me, then I would have avoided this mess. But that's not what I needed in that moment. What I needed was self-control. I needed to be able to control myself in that moment and say, okay, everything is going to be fine, right? 
when you're being tempted in all these different things, we need that self-control and that patience to be able to pause in that moment and say, how do I apply the Holy Spirit? How do I apply these fruits to my life in this moment? And I'm sure I'm not the only person here that has had bad moments, right? Have you ever had a bad moment? Most of us let it become a bad day, don't we? Like that becomes then our focus for the rest of the day. That's how we identify ourselves for the rest of the day. But the reality is, it was just a moment. You don't have to let that be what's on your heart the rest of the day. Guess what? How, within what? Within less than five minutes, Wesley, did I go and apologize to you? And I said, I'm sorry, I was yelling at you. Maybe. I said it. Did you not hear me? Oh, you don't know how long it was? Maybe 10 minutes? But that morning, I went back to him, and I just said, hey, buddy, I'm really sorry I yelled at you. But please throw the, you know, the pop away. Get it out of the fridge. You know, only 24 hours for a two-liter because it goes flat. Like, you know, I'm just big on that. Like, I don't want to drink flat pop, so <laughs> throw it away. Get it out of here. Finish it off. So here's the thing. We... Let's, let's speak, start at the beginning of this. So I really wanted to show you this whole passage. So just so you know, um, in, in the, the Glacia church, um, the Glacians there, there was this big debate about do we follow the law, do we not follow the law? You know, or, you know, you get these Gentiles that they weren't raised with it. And so Paul in a lot of his letters, you see it in the book of Romans, um, Ephesians, um, where he's trying to talk to them, and he's saying, look, you're not under the law, but that doesn't mean you should just do whatever with your life because there's consequences to when you just indulge yourself. So he explains. He says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. So he's reminding them, you know, when, when they asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment, what did he say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. So he's saying, you're wanting to know what part of the law you need to do. Well, you're free of the law. You were born Gentile. You don't, you, you weren't underneath that covenant. You get, you get to know Jesus simply by grace. But just because you have that grace, right, doesn't mean that you should just indulge in whatever because there's consequences to that. We know that. So he's saying it's all summed up with how are you treating other people? For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. What is he saying? He's like, if you want to live like that, there's going to be consequences to that. If you want to just approach your spouse with arguing and hatred all the time and anger that they don't do what you want, well, guess, don't be surprised. Don't come in my office and be surprised. Well, now they're yelling at me. They never used to yell before, but now they're yelling at me. Well, okay, well, you're telling me you're yelling at them all the time. Maybe this is like that you, you get, you know, you reap what you sow, right? You're getting back what you need to get, you know? I've had people say, well, I started doing you know, this, I started loving my coworker like the way you said, and all of a sudden now she's being nice to me, and I think maybe something's wrong. And I'm like, nothing's wrong. You've been going out of your way the last year to be nice. You're finally reaping what you've sown, right? You're getting that niceness back. He says, so instead, right, in verse 16, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. 
They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want, but you are to be led by the Spirit. You are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition. That selfish ambition, I mean, that pride that wants to come on us and say, like, oh, no, you don't need to go to that group, right? You're fine. You know, just if it doesn't, if it doesn't pursue me and make me go to higher places, I won't do it. Well, the whole point, right, of loving each other and being a Christian family is sometimes you're not doing it for your own selfish reasons. Sometimes you're doing it to be a friend to those other people that are there, right? Selfish ambition, dissensions, factions. Oh, I just hang out with my close friends and that's it. I, this is my faction. I don't want to get, you know, I don't want to go talk to anybody else. Or a lot of times what the reverse happens, oh, they don't want to talk to me. You assume that there's a faction and that we don't want to. So you don't ever approach. And so people think, well, they're not approachable. They don't want, they don't want my friendship. Envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. How do we do all the rest? With self-control. That's hard. But it's a, see, you're able to do it because God's given you the help to do it. But you have to ask him to help you. You have to recognize, you know, I had to recognize this morning by me reacting in anger, I didn't have any self-control in that moment. I let the fit of rage control me, control the words that came out of my mouth right? I had the pride of this, I made a mess, but really I only made the mess because he didn't do what he was told. If he would have done what he's done, I would have been perfect that morning and I wouldn't have made the mess. That's pride, right? I should have just been humble and said, oh, I'm so sorry I made such a mess and just cleaned it up. Not pass that blame. Well, if they just would do this, then I would go to Bible study. Well, if they just did this, then I would... Okay, you can keep passing the buck, but maybe God just wants you to go just for you can go, right? And, and be there for the other guys or be there for the other gals. Maybe, just maybe, you'll get something out of it too, right? You never know. He says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. What is he saying? If you're able to operate in this, you don't have to worry about whether the law and whether you're doing it this way or that way. You are just operating in God's spirit. But see, the reality is because we live in a relationship, because there's messes, this is like our goal, but we're not there 100% of the time. Sometimes we're dealing with the messes. So why do I want to talk about this today? We want him to fill us up in our messy places. We want to just not say, I'm going to compartmentalize God. Okay, I'm good in church, I'm good at work, but at home I'm just a mess, and don't fill me there, Lord. When I'm at home, I'm going to do whatever I want. Right? We kind of compartmentalize. And what we want to do is say, fill me in every area of my life. Fill me at home when I'm yelling at my kids. Help me recognize. Help me be gentle. Help me, right? Yes, i got to deal with this mess, and I'm going to clean it up. But then once it's clean, he's, here's the big thing is like once Wesley finishes taking care of all the dog mess, it's going to be clear now. We can have the kids play ball in the yard. And when the dog has a mess once a day, 
Wesley can go out and scoop it real quick. It'll take 10 seconds. It's taken care of. It's in the poop bucket, right? And now we can go back out and enjoy our day. So you're not going to get to a place in life where there's never a mess, where there's never a temptation, where there's never a moment of rage where you start to get upset. But the point is if we can get ourselves cleaned up enough and fill every area of our life with the fruits of the Spirit and at least be aware of it to start applying it to our life, when the occasional mess does happen, we're going to be a lot quicker with cleaning it up, aren't we? It's going to be, oh, just do this. Now, there's seasons, right? Sometimes you enter a winter season. Sometimes maybe something happens, right? Maybe you have a loved one die. Maybe you have an injury or an illness, and you go through a dark time, right? That's when you call along your friends. You say, hey, pastor, maybe praying for us. Hey, be helping us. Give yourself some slack when all of a sudden now I'm more envious than normal. I'm crying more than normal. I'm having more rage. What's going on? Recognize, oh, I'm going through a season, I need maybe some intensive care right now. I need to maybe ask others to help me out, right? There's been times where it's like most days Marlene and I can handle getting the church ready for things. But every once in a while there's something big that's going on and we got to call up the guys or we got to call up a few other people and say, hey, we got this big event coming. Can you come help us move some tables? Can you help us move these chairs? Can you help us do whatever? Why? Because we know we're going to be going through a season and if we don't get the help... We're not going to be ready. So look at yourselves, right? For some of you, it's a work thing. Like, I know, hey, in the fall, I'm always busy when the kids go back to school. Like, so I need to be very intentional about scheduling some time to talk with my pastor. Or I need to be very intentional about having a date night with my wife because I'm going to be so busy during the week working that I'm not going to be able to see her. So I'm going to make sure I have once a week when I get to have time just for her. Recognize when those seasons come. He says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. That's hard. There's other places in the Bible where it says you must crucify your flesh daily. See, your flesh, your body is going to want to go be in that quick fit of rage or indulge in the lustful thoughts or whatever, right? And the slothfulness, gluttony, right? Giving yourself the food, giving yourself the... The, the laziness or the rest that you think, and you don't want to do that hard work. But we can ask the Holy Spirit to be with us. Since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. See, that's where I think most of us have the problem is we live in the Spirit, we know the Holy Spirit is in us, but we don't keep up in step with it, right? We're, we're kind of dragging our feet. Like, it took me five to ten minutes before I finally was humble enough to say, Lord, you know, Lord, forgive me, and then go to Wesley and say, I'm sorry I yelled at you about the pot. That was my fault. But if we can keep in step with the Spirit, that Spirit told me that the minute, I mean, before I even said anything. He was like, hello. And I was like, right? He says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited. See, if you're conceited, you think you don't need to hear this. You think, oh, no, I got everything. That's just for these people. That's just for those people. Like, no, you know what? Your your sin might be different than mine, but I promise you, if we wanted to sit down and talk and want me to ask you a few questions, I'll find out you're not as perfect as you think you are, right? Don't be conceited. I didn't say it. Paul said it. Don't be conceited about this. He's saying some of y'all needed to hear the first part. Some of y'all that are sitting there thinking this wasn't for you, don't be conceited. I love this. He says, don't be conceited. Don't be provoking and envying others. 
right? Because that's those are the things we do. We either provoke the people we think aren't living up to the measure we need to be at. We're just conceding. We think we we're fine, or we're envious because well they can figure it out and I'm still struggling. Guess what? We're all in a different season in life, and we're all learning how to keep in step with that Holy Spirit. Now, next week, I want to talk about healing from the Holy Spirit and how to actually apply this, because what I find is that a lot of us, the areas that we struggle with consistently are things where maybe um, through childhood, through different circumstances we've been through, we've been, we've been um, harmed. That's why we need healing. We have a, the Bible talks about having a crushed spirit, talking about a broken heart. It talks about being wounded, um, the Bible is very clear about that. Like, you know, for us to say, oh, this is such new revelation with, with Dr. Freud that we can have traumas, you know, from past things that happened to us. Um, the Bible says you can have a broken heart, you can have a crushed spirit, that you can have wounded, wounds from a friend, wounds from a loved one. So, so I wanted us first to recognize that, yes, we do have fruits of the Spirit in our life, but because of relationship, there is still some hard things. But next week, we're going to talk about how do we then ask that Holy Spirit to apply healing to those wounded areas from our past. So let me pray for all of you. I'm going to pray for you and the community, and then we'll dismiss. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus, and I pray for those that are hearing today's message. May you bless them and keep them. May your face shine upon them and give them peace. Father, I ask you to open their minds so that they, everything that they heard and understand will be applied to their lives. Cover them with the blood of Jesus. Seal in that seed that was planted in their heart so it may grow. We also pray for our community. May their eyes be open to the truth of who Jesus is. And in the name of Jesus, we declare chains holding them captive to be broken, hearts to be healed, demons bound, and eyes opened, and souls saved. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope you all have a great week. There are calendars out there if you want any information about some of the events that are coming up. And the Blessing Shop is open. Thank you.